You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. You know, Tom, what is your nickname? What's the new nickname? I, I was trying to think of it this morning. I don't Yes, it's that. The killer robot? Yeah, the killer robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. What, right. what is it? Oh, because it was on, I was on that program, Unknown Killer Robot. Yeah, that's it. Tom, the killer robot. <laughs> the unknown killer robot. That's it. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, all of like three second <laughs> video of me. Tom's, Tom's our new uh, co-host here at Under the Shield, and he's all <laughs> the old Tom is gone. That's right. The new Tom is here, and he's the unknown killer robot. <laughs> and this is Susan Simmons, your other your other co-host, and I have no nickname. Of, well, I do have nicknames, no. but, but we won't go into that. Yeah, just depends on which cop and which department and which chief is talking about that's me right. today. But hey, if they're talking about you, even that's good publicity, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. That's a good thing. Yeah, we have our our backup producer in today, Becky. We need a nickname for you too, Becky. The oh, subordinate. I'm, I'm sure there. <laughs> the jo- subordinate. Joelle's boss is probably that. That would work as Joelle's supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he would appreciate that and go yeah. for it. But that'll teach him to go out of town yeah, and absolutely. and put on the calendar that he's gone forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that'll learn. We ought to we change the lock on the, <laughs> the, code. Uh, the code on the door. <laughs> no need for him to know if he's gone forever. That's right. mm-hmm. So what's new in your world? Kill a robot? Um, not much. Nothing. Yep. Nothing really new. We have some good training that's going to be coming up that we'll be traveling around the state for. We do. Yeah. <laughs> Our training is good. <laughs> we, I don't know about the traveling part because you're like. <laughs> A hot yeah. mess traveling. <laughs> hey, not by choice. It, it's the it's the traveling gods oh, out right. here that always have to screw around with whatever's going on. But <laughs> but Becky does a really good job with photoshopping things That's in. That's true. When we send her pictures of where we are and the lovely accommodations that we get to stay in. Sometimes. Oh yeah, the witch. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she's on her broom flying across yes. the dust the of the bowl. desert. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. We're headed to where are we headed to next? Oh, gosh. we're going to Bisbee, the Bisbee. big town. But it is going to be cooler. It will be. And Anything's better than here. But that's so weird to me because everywhere I've ever lived, the farther south you go, the warmer it gets. Mm. Y'all are really screwed up here in Arizona. Is all <laughs> yeah. I can say, and I'm not going to claim it, even though I've been here 11 years. But well, Yuma can be a little bit hotter than us. Yuma can, right? But Bisbee apparently right. is not. And I'm just like, this is just so weird. But I know it's a higher elevation or whatever yeah. it is, but that's just, it's just wrong. And it's just, you it's know. Arizona. Well, and autumn, somebody needs to let Arizona know. Autumn starts September 23rd. Yeah. Ah. It's no, online. on the calendar it says it on the calendar. We're at least tell Arizona that we don't use the word autumn. <laughs> That's right, because it's just hot, and then it's not as hot, and then it's pre-summer, and then hot again. Well, maybe we need to throw the word. Maybe I need to teach y'all that word, and I have to tell you, should have brought my books. I got two new books for Southern Sayings. One, the title is "Butter My Butt and Call Me a Biscuit," and it's a good one. And the other one is. Bless your heart, 
you're all idiots or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so now's a good time to put a disclaimer. Kids don't try this at home. <laughs> Kids don't listen to this anyway. Um, and uh, they should not be tuning in to fight in progress at all. <laughs> it's probably not good. We, no. should, we should put an age on here, but then Joelle might not be allowed in the studio. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, considering the stuff kids listen to these days, this probably is pretty tame. It probably oh, yeah. this is. This is like G-rated That's then. true. But yeah, I should have brought, I, I, that's what I'll start doing is reading a different Southern saying at the beginning of every podcast. That, we'll educate yeah. all you people here. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to buy that one because when it was, the title was <laughs> Butter My Butt and Call Me a Biscuit, I thought, <laughs> oh, that is so Southern. That's something my grandmother probably would have said. <laughs> So anyway, we have a, a, a guest in studio because we always like in studio. Yes. Zoom is just a real royal pain because it locks up and freezes up. I and mean, it works. Delays. But it's just, and yeah, it's a hassle. We can put a man on the moon, but we cannot come up with some system over the internet <laughs> where things don't freeze up and lock up. And I, I just, I just think things are all messed up around this world. But well, I would blame it on you and me. But we have Becky and Joelle to fix those problems. <laughs> That's so. true. Thank heavens. Yeah. When I'll t- just Photoshop a solution. Because <laughs> when Tom sits at the board, he unplugs it in yeah. the middle of it or he uh, the card runs out or something. So, yeah. yeah so thank, Good times. Yeah. Thank heavens for the younger ones. But anyway, Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey. He's probably thinking, how can I get out that door without them realizing I've no, left? No, are you kidding me? It took me an hour and a half to get here. I need to sit down and cool off for a couple minutes before I get up and go. Well, golly, what did you do? Drive 20 miles an hour? Because it ain't that far. Yeah, well, uh, people in our wonderful world in Arizona, because they don't recognize autumn, they also don't recognize how to drive correctly, right. like usual. Yeah, they left camp lane. camp in the left lane. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's unbelievable. You yeah. want to see something, see something cool? Leave for work in the morning and see all the construction pattern. And then they mess with you, but they change it by the time you leave work. It's a new construction <laughs> pattern. It's like playing Plinko with your car. You exactly. never know where you're going to end up. So it's I was on three different freeways going, I can't believe that I'm actually doing this, driving across all manner of things. Did but, you come yeah. out in? I went, um, let's see, where was I at? I was, I was in my city working on some stuff, and I came up the 101 and then down, right? So I, I kicked the 51 to the 10. Okay. And the 10 moved on over to the 60. 60, yeah. And the 60 just always gets weird because I grew up in this, like, I literally grew up a mile from here. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you should have stayed I, I in the East Valley. I watched the 101 oh, get yeah, built. Exactly. Which is why I ran. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the 60 get built. Yeah. Oh, my god! Well, that the yeah. 10 and all of that stuff right there, I, I will go by way of Yuma or Tucson <laughs> yeah. or something to bypass that, instru- that construction zone. Oh, it's a zone. mess right now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been horrible. It, so. it is. It's a disaster. So welcome from the Thank long you. journey of the West yes. Valley to the East Valley. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you so our audience will know who they're listening to and what your expertise is. Because you don't want us to repeat what your friend told us Travis, about. Travis, yeah, you don't well, want us to talk about what Travis <laughs> yeah, you're definitely You're definitely going to want to uh, go to travisaits.org and you can see all the wonderful things he has to say about me. And then you can hear my side of the story. <laughs> my name is Jeff Takis. Uh, I've been in law enforcement for almost 25 years now, and I've been with see adult probation i worked gangs and then domestic violence and then after that i went into right around 9 11 i got into policing when i saw the cops in my building coming to arrest all my guys being hailed as heroes 
and going after one of the worst days we've ever seen. And I went, there's got to be something more I can do. And so I got involved and I just said, I'm making that switch. And my wife looked at me. We've been, we're coming on uh, 26 years married this week, been together almost 30. Nice. Uh-huh. That's yeah. a rarity. Yeah. That, yeah. That, yeah. That's, that's where time. Joel would first. hit the applause button, <laughs> but I don't know which one it is. We need to label them because I don't know. Yes. <laughs> My wife will be so excited. <laughs> well, it, it's such a rarity that she, I made it 20, but I just couldn't eke out another day. <laughs> yeah. I tried. I really did. But I just went, no, no life's too short. Got to go. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I've enjoyed ever since I started. Um, I've been neighborhood patrol. Then I was field training. And then I was a detective for almost seven years from property fraud forgery, bank robbery, uh, violent crimes, and homicide, and then promoted. I thought the FBI did the bank robberies. So, (laughs) wait, with her connection, let me, because let's talk talk about it for a second. This this isn't my FBI bashing session. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tom, we don't allow lying on the show. Now, we cuss, we fuss. But no lying. We talk bad about people, but we do not tell lies on this this podcast. It's so funny. A couple of my guys that worked for me, I I went in as a a supervisor in patrol, and then I, I was running our civil disobedience, our protester squad for a long, long time. I was on it from 06 to 2020 and I ran as supervisor from 14 to 20 but few of my guys tested and they went federal Um, and it's really funny too because as a detective if you know that world then when you work bank robberies they come in and and they're looking at you like what do I do next (laughs) (laughs) and everybody has this this mystique and this aura and I'm telling them like you don't understand the training that they're getting at Quantico and they're coming out Mm -hmm. they don't have real life application so they're looking at the locals and they're, and they're saying, we don't have, I mean, I have all kinds of advanced interview interrogation training that I was blessed to have as part of my job. Mm-hmm. And in homicide, they put you anywhere you want to go to yeah. the training. And so we're sitting here, we're just taking apart suspects. And the FBI guys are saying, there was a bank and it got robbed. <laughs> You're bad. I'm, I'm overstating that. And did they have, did they have a gun, a real gun? Yeah. No, they, the feds. And again, having been married to one for right. 20 years, um, I can say this about them. They love to let y'all go kick in the doors and do mm-hmm. the dangerous stuff. And then they put their pretty faces with their suits and stuff in front of the cameras. Now, and, and I'm talking about supervisory level. Right. There are some good agent yeah. level agents Correct. in all of them. And they do take their risk, although we used to laugh and say DEA put people in jail with pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> and and they did right. a lot of it. They did, but um, yeah, it's the it's the upper management people that are just yeah. They're well, the it's, pretty it's faces. It's always that that admin stuff, though. That it always. I mean, it's the same with any anywhere. Federal, oh, every police yeah. every police department. Yes, yeah, I, no question. It, yes, I had a chance then after I ran our field training program for about four years with uh, two other guys, and then I went into as a supervisor role to investigations to a unit I actually started in '09, which was a neat thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just the property crimes in our North Division where we ran, you know, arson, all kinds of property. Auto theft was real big, pawn, metal, um, animal crimes, and we had five people. So <laughs> it's wow. typical, do more with less. And <laughs> just getting out of that, I was saying, in January, I just came back to patrol in my life. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I get up now at 2 a.m. so I can go to the gym before I start shift at 5. But it was just normal anyway because I could guarantee I was getting called once a night. Sure. Yep. Sure. Not being on call. Sure. You're just, That's a beautiful if, thing, isn't if, it? When they call you beca- and you, you commit to being available. Oh, yeah. Make sure these young guys have what they need on graves. 
So if they call, they just say, hey, Sarge, what do you got? So so normal life is not having to get calls all through the night. And I, I thought that was everybody's norm. <laughs> no, I turn my phone off. I oh, get to no. turn my phone off now. I didn't know it had an off button. <laughs> Mine doesn't. I'm not allowed to have an off button on. For 31 years, that, by the way. In a really cute trick, what I found out is my Apple Watch, when you call it your phone's off, your Apple Watch will ring. Oh, yeah. It'll find you one way or another. They got me. The doorbell will be next. Yeah, get it. (laughs) Turn the Apple Watch off, the doorbell starts ringing. So that's what I've done. I have have two beautiful children. Uh, My oldest is in college right now, and my youngest is a police explorer for the agencies that I'm with. And he wants to go, and I was telling you, he wants to fight evil and crush crime. There you go. Good for him. Yep. We right. need we need good people like that. Yeah, yeah we just need an environment that they want yeah. to stay in it. But, right. But you and I met... 2016. Many, was it 16? Yeah, we were in a conference speaking together. Yes. And, you know, chemo brain is a real thing. I keep telling you all that, and my son keeps saying, no, it's just dementia. Um, where was that conference? I, so we were speaking at the Back the Blue conference at Calvary Church uh, with Dan Elting. Yes. And, and, and I In had Phoenix. Done, correct. Yes. Yeah. And I, I remember having back your, the blue. <laughs> I, have, I have your card still in my office about supplements and all these different things, and I have a squeezable trash can. Uh-huh. And people are like, man, I know, Sarge, you talk a bunch of trash. I'm like, no, no, that's not what it's about. <laughs> it's not about, I mean, yes, I do, but here's why you got to empty the trash can before, as I remember the quote. Because it's going to, what happens, it overflows. And at some point you pick it up and it rips and it's nasty and smelling. And it goes everywhere, everybody at the worst possible time. Am I coming close? Uh, You're close. It's how we explain post-traumatic stress injury, the different levels of it. And matter of fact, we need to print that out for him before he leaves so he can take that back to his department. Um, Yeah, one of your canines, if he ever comes in, Gabe will start laughing because he knows that theory quite well. Yeah, Gabe was one of my FTOs 100 years ago. Love him to death. He always winds up with the meanest dogs, and he's the nicest guy. (laughs) And I just don't understand why his dogs, uh, you know. Well, because him and his dog wear the same size clothing. We're always always like, hey, Babies Are Us doesn't make a tactical line. What are you doing, guy? So Gabe, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You know, I love you, bro. That's priceless. Oh, that's great. Feel free to use that. Uh, I'm never gonna live that down now. Well it's funny because the night the day I moved here, June fourteenth is when I landed in Avondale and my son went on a ride along with him June fifteenth and that's when he had the dog called Chaos. Oh, yeah. And the dog never stops barking. <laughs> I mean, literally, my son is an animal person, a dog person, thought he wanted to be a canine handler. I think that cured him. <laughs> so yeah. Enough Because he was with yeah. them all night long. And when I picked him up the next morning, we'd had a dust storm in the middle of it. And literally, Marshall got out of the car and his eyes were like... <laughs> I'm going back to Alabama today. <laughs> Changed my plane ticket. Well, he's the one that probably bought you the chaos coordinator coffee mug of freedom. That's two gallons. There you go. Yeah, if he still had that dog, I'd probably send that coffee mug to him. But yeah, I've never, I've never heard a, a dog bark continuously the whole time. Yeah, I don't know if I could handle that. I, not, not closed up in a car, but. Uh, that I, you know, I had forgotten that was back the blue. I remember the conference at, there at the church. Right, and so that was something That's that right. was. Uh, I had known Dan for a number of years, yeah. and uh, he had asked me. He said, "You know, as 
as we move through these different things in law enforcement in 2016, right, was that there was the Dallas officers and everybody was worried about being ambushed. And, and Baton Rouge right. also and East and, Baton Rouge Sheriff's right. Office. Yeah, and there was and, and, the, and there are Pennsylvania, the narcs in Pennsylvania got uh, arrested for doing things they shouldn't do. And so yes. that threw the light again. Yep. Right. The things that uh, as as our former President Obama said, let's just go have a beer and work this out. Can't can't fix in 08. Thank you very much, sir. Don't think but it fixed it then either. No, absolutely didn't. That's, that's a little joke. Travis and I laugh about that. But um, you it's know, a nice idea. That it it'd is. be nice. It, now, now I will. In New Orleans, it does work that way. Um, we used, I never went to trial as a paralegal because everything got settled in the bar the sure. night before. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a difference too. In the East Coast, like pretty much in the Midwest, you can almost draw a line East Coast and West Coast, mm-hmm. and how law enforcement is. But I remember Dan saying to me, you know, we just need to get people understanding why why legacy matters, why nobility matters. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my my niche right now. So mm-hmm. I have. Um, I was showing you I have my podcast is Trust the Truth with Jeff Dawkins. Um, and my whole point that I write, Travis and I write and, and do different things is to let people know that there is a different way. And even though we may have a bunch of horrible things going on that we can't control. Right. Which actually is everything, right? We can right. we control our responses to these things. Sure. And they need to be centered on things that matter. Because if I respond for the, like you said, let's go have a beer. Mm-hmm. And then that's my today and tomorrow. I don't have a plan of how to deal with it. And we're in a lot of trouble. Sure. And that's what we're seeing. Sure. I just read an article. Um, gosh, I wish I remember who wrote it. It was Police One, I think, about where have all the seasoned officers gone off? Do, you guys caught that? No, but they've run for the hills. <laughs> that's what she said. He said, you know, and I used to joke. I said, the days where the sergeants that had all the gray hair, that knew everything, yeah. that never wanted. My first sergeant. I walked in. I was 27 years old. I was married seven years. I'm ready to crush crime. Sure. I, you know, I'm an adult. And now he tells you the reality. <laughs> I gave him, listen to this. This will make you laugh. I gave him a piece of paper. I'm like, hey, hey, boss. It's our first meeting. You know, here are the 10 things I want to do in my first year as a, as a rookie to make me better. He looked at me, grabbed the paper, crumpled <laughs> it, threw it back in my face and said, get the F out of here. I hate rookies. Won't. And I went... We have that button, too, somewhere. I just don't know where it is. And it was hilarious because I went, all right, and you just, like, move on. Can I go out and come back in again? Take two. But it's funny because that guy, though, I mean, and I still, I don't, you know, I don't respect that kind of leadership. But the man knew every answer to every problem that was there at that level. And, you know, those sergeants would go, and they would be sitting there. They'd be smoking cigars. They'd say, don't go out this door. We're smoking here. Yep. And you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, but and they're, don't they're call gone. me unless you have dead bodies oh, yeah. or Listen, something really bad. They got their order at IHOP at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. We we would work shootings. Yeah. And apartment complex fires with one person, like fatals with one person saying, hey, boss, like, you got that? We just got dessert coming. Yeah. <laughs> but those but now, days, those days are gone. And it. some of that thing's good, right? Some of right. good. But, but what, what it's I an find is that, you know, the people with the gray hair now, like I'm one of them. And you just go, where are all those people going? What <laughs> yeah. was the experience? Because like you said, how do we how do we keep them in the environment? When you get some of these iGens, these Gen Zers and millennials that say, you know what, I can go to work at Chick-fil-A for mm-hmm. more money than you're paying me right now, or I can work here and build it up and go somewhere else. There's no anchoring loyalty. And that's like my whole purpose and mission now back on patrol is to teach these old and newer officers that serving people always has a dividend it pays it's higher than its output so mm-hmm. if you serve people sure. like the organization has its own values right my wife was corporate world for a long time and they're making money 
Mm-hmm. So she wants to do what she can to help them make money, but her her values are not the same as the organization. Right. right. My department's organizational values at a high level are not the same as my values. So yeah, I contribute but to that. the sad part is, is we've got too many at the top that we're seeing in agencies very close to where I live um, mm-hmm. that they're targeting senior officers to get rid of them. Right. They're eyeing them for the dumbest stuff I've ever seen. And and you go, I mean, I had this conversation with someone in the on the political side of this city. And, I, you know, my comment was, let this chief continue to do what he's doing and his command staff. Uh, you're going to wind up with a Memphis. Absolutely. Because your senior people are being targeted and they're leaving for stupid yep. reasons. They're either right. for, forcing them out, firing them, whatever. And you got no experience and you're going to wind up with something just like that Scorpion Squad yep. because right. of inexperience and nobody uh, overseeing and teaching them the right way to do exactly. it. Exactly. Right. And that's the saddest part that we're seeing really all over the country. But this is just a backyard example that we're watching well, and up sure. close. And, but, but you don't have to, like you said, go very far to see it. I right. Mean, my NC as well. You get people that little things. Like I'm watching somebody do something on the street. I go, hey, what? I ask the question, why are you doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, because we always search a car with people that we arrest and search the trunk. And you start thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. There's a thing, Arizona began, and then you have like Fourth Amendment stuff we probably should talk about. And people are always saying to me, since January I come back, they, they've been saying, well, no one talks like you. No one does this. This is how it's really done. I go, no, it's actually not. It's actually not. And by the way, shine your shoes. <laughs> like, get out of here, man. I said, there's, there's a, you there's just a crumbled value. up that piece of paper and threw it back out. <laughs> hey, look, I, but I let them know, hey, my shoes right. are shined. Exactly. You know, and. But I tell you, like little things, if you're not going to give attention to standards, yeah. if you don't care about the job, if you don't care, like I said, my values, my values is to help people. Sure. So I'm going to help you by keeping you out of prison, young man or woman. Exactly. Right? Sure. Or teaching you how to arrest somebody correctly. Sure. Or how to write a report that doesn't look like you gave it to your kid with a crayon. <laughs> you well, know? and now that you're back in patrol, I want to point something out to you that we're apparently the only ones talking about it, it under the shield um, is the body cam issue of how it's impacting mental wellness because I'm a huge fan of it I I know the body cams do help I still don't understand why we can't get a body cam that's got a little more panoramic view but anyway my cell phone certainly does Mm -hmm. Uh, but the reality is is the psychological garbage can that we were just talking about a lot of the garbage was kept out of the garbage can for people like you and Tom from your generation and earlier generations because of sick humor Oh, right. The body cam. We used a lot of that. that, that the gallows <laughs> stuff that we used to yeah, joke about. Yes, we exactly. still joke about. My kids always saying, so, Dad, that was before body cam, right? Yeah. And it's the truth. And you, right. yeah. So your younger ones, garbage cans are filling up a lot faster mm-hmm. because departments are spending way too much time reviewing body cams where there's no citizen complaint, mm-hmm. looking for opportunities to ding people because of language or how they spoke to someone or whatever when Nobody should care at this point if there's not a citizen complaint. So now people are not using the humor that was healthy, and it was. We always said don't use it in front of the media or the victim's family. I mean, you'd have to be stupid to do that. Read the room. Yes. Time and a place. But now there is no even opportunity to read the room, even between officers after calls, Mm -hmm. because of these body cams. And people don't – your generation is thinking it's the generation (laughs) – like the generation before you thought about you guys. <laughs> right. Because I have, I actually had video. I'd love to be able to find it again. Of course, it's VHS. 
<laughs> we'll have to get it translated <laughs> over the, to something. If the mic doesn't work on the board, what's the VHS going to do? Blow it up. Exactly. That's when you hit the applause button. Yeah, it's melted. But it had to be from the 50s or 60s or something of these cops standing around talking about the next generation of law enforcement. And it sounds just like y'all sure. do about the next one. But body that is the one thing that, bot, that I have a real issue with with the body cams, which departments could control. Mm-hmm. If they would right. stop that, and they say they're not doing it, exactly. Yeah, we like, all know when, when they first started it. to come out with the body cams, like even Tempe said, you know, that we're not going to be just randomly going through <laughs> right. looking for things. No, we're going to yeah, go through all bullshit. of them. It's yeah. not random. It, That's exact, the problem. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not random. It's everything. That's right. right. We they look didn't at every lie. one of them. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's well, the problem. And so you have a position, like you said, where where people, even in, in, even in my agency, where they would say, well, we just want you to look at two or three of these. And I would say, okay, well, what are we looking for? Uh-huh. Well, you'll know when you see it. No. So that, okay. So what you're There's saying is if I see something that isn't, that, that I go, hey, maybe I should address that. You're saying I'm going to randomly just start DIing people. Mm-hmm. Right. And I said, that doesn't sound ethical. I mean, we I have agree. an Arizona Bill of Rights, an officer, a police officer Bill of Rights that hopefully, you know, some of the organizations have unions. That, well, here's if you have my if you had my, my, my brother Travis in here, you'll know the phrase cowardly leadership. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, there yeah. are cowards, and Travis and I go round and round. Absolutely. I had the privilege to teach with him when we were up north. And there, if you are not a stand-enough leader to say, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. And our primary mission, the mission is to, to repress and suppress crime. Yes. Let's go put bad guys in jail. And when you deviate from your mission, yep. all kinds of problems yep. happen. Oh, yeah. Right now, it's more about policing the police. Absolutely. Right. And we got to make sure we look good, you know, to the public, the criminals and everybody else, that we'll ding our own people yep. and throw you under the bus in a heartbeat. Right. And and then, yeah, don't even get me started. Yeah, Tra- Travis <laughs> and I go way back. Travis and I have been friends a long time. And he, he and his wife were in here on the podcast and... Uh, we could have a, a month's worth of podcasts with just Travis alone. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And he's yeah. spot on in what he talks about. And mm-hmm. and the thing about it is he's been in a, a position to be able to talk about those positions. Sure. Right. He's joyfully retired now to yes. really talk about yes. it. <laughs> That's right. yeah, the worst. He's telling me, he's like, you need to retire and listen to this podcast, this thing. I go, yeah. I don't know you, man. Yeah, the worst thing that ever happened to Tulsa is, he retired. Yeah. <laughs> and now all the, the filters are gone and everything else. And but isn't it amazing, though, Tom, you probably agree um, that w- especially the people, you don't even have to say anything, but as soon as someone that does everything leaves, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I, I had said something. I said, hey, I'm, I'm writing knife expert supplement, the only one in our department. Apparently, I was the only one in the county until someone else did it because I'm getting calls from attorneys all the time. I said, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. And they just said, well, what do we do? I go, well, that sounds a lot like a you problem. Uh-huh. Exactly. I don't want to supervise this. I don't want to do this because these are extra things that are taking me away from my mission. Sure. Mm-hmm. Now, they talked me into writing these subs still. But, you know, that's interesting. Travis, you walk away you walk away from people that have done the job and have all the knowledge from all the different units. Mm-hmm. And they walk away. And what are you left with? You're left right. with cops that say, well, you know what? I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> I I had someone walk in my office in February, a new guy. Uh-oh. This is a good story. This, this, this kind of stuff that it makes my PTSD go away. <laughs> that, believe it. So this, you can feel free to use this, right? Um, he walks in and he says, hey, Sarge, can I talk to you? And I go, absolutely. I'm a month back into patrol. Yes. 
Come on in. <laughs> Let me my... give you my wisdom. <laughs> yes, you want the you Nobody want, want all the stripes wanted. below and above? You get them all, right? I take out my 17 phones that you're forced to carry now, right? Uh, make sure my body camera's off, right? right? My radio's on low volume because I got to have it on. Moved away from my couple desk phones over here on my computer. And I'm like, I am all you right now. What do you need? <laughs> What do you need, new guy? What do you need? Jeff I, was needed for the first time in years. All you hear is the angels. It's like someone sprayed Axe Effect. And angels kept flopping down. I'm like, whoa. Please tell me he wanted to know how to make coffee. It's great. No, this, this is good. So, And actually, I was his criminal law instructor in the academy. And so he's like, hey, look, I've been on Graves for about a year and a half now. And it's been a tough year and a half. I'm like, I know. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we all know. And the inner me is going, oh, I can't wait to hear what he says. <laughs> and he says, so, so, so Sarge, right? And that's how you know it's going to change. Right. Sarge, boss, or Jeff, right? Yeah. Got to know what version of me you're getting. Yeah. <laughs> so Sarge, I was hoping you could help me. I was hoping to get a, a weekend day off here on ShipBit coming up. Can you help me with that? And I looked at him. And, there, and you could just hear the electricity start building in the air. <laughs> right? And I went. Oh, yeah. No, I totally can help you with that. First, here's what I need you to do. Get up, open my door, walk out in the hallway real quick. He goes, okay. And he gets up. I, I close the door. I go, and I start yelling, are you out of your mind? He, like, he was shame yelled all the way down the hallway by the lieutenant. The commander's like, what are you guys yelling about here? It doesn't matter. Just off. scream at him. And the, the commander's like, are you crazy? Get in your car. And get out of here. I bet there were some four-letter words in all oh, that yeah, stuff I'm somewhere, sure. too. Yeah. We, we spell please with four letters now. Yes, that's just It was just interesting that, that, that you know, I mean, I'm all for having a conversation about that, but there's something to be said when you have the chops to roll into a senior sergeant's office and say, help me get a weekend day off yeah. after 18 months. Right. By the way, six or seven of it was on field training, <laughs> and the other six was on probation. So you're looking at, I had six solid strong in my car. That's right. I was myself. free, and there was due process. <laughs> so now I'm ready to have a weekend off. And it just, that's the kind of stuff you look at. And I told my son, don't you ever expect anyone to hand you know don't walk out to hand your hand but here's my question yeah. are recruiters using things like that to re to reel these people in because we know military recruiters they aren't always 100 percent yeah <laughs> quite accurate don't they? well the whole picture is not revealed <laughs> right. right right and so it does make you wonder because they are having such problems sure. with recruiting and retention yeah. and everything else are things being said to them um I would my one of my first questions with this guy. I'd want to was he married? No, he, he was single. Okay, because a lot so, of times you know, a wife will also will will prompt right. them into well, asking because sure. yeah. they don't know any better. Because we're a not young training married, them. A young married guy. Yeah. So just I actually I, yep. I called him there. I said, hey, let me buy you let me buy you a drink at QT and let's let's chat <laughs> now, about life. Now that he has <laughs> post traumatic stress. <laughs> yeah. Just so you know, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't a really good leadership move there. <laughs> but, but at a year and a half exactly. on, I loved working midnight. Weekends, because yeah. that's when all the action was. Yes. You knew it. It was yes. great. We yes. had so much fun. That's why I wondered yeah. if there was a wife that was nagging about it, because most don't want to go to any level of a days or right. <laughs> not working yeah. weekends. Cause no, he was single, but he had an, um, per him later, his quote was, I have an active social life. <laughs> oh, so. now those words are red flags all yeah. over the that place. That could be the, the officer that does the he shady stuff it. to get you in trouble. Well, he ain't gonna make it five active. years. He I, won't I, last five yeah, years. And I was like, well, you know. No, y'all need to go ahead and start hiring to replace him. He ain't gonna make it five years. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. He's done. 
Yeah. So it was just interesting. But that's an interesting. That's the culture. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's what's really interesting about that is if we're not willing to do what you're doing and we're not willing to talk about this, mm-hmm. people will come into our job and believe that it's not the culture. Sure. Right. Now I'm not sure. all for the guys like when I when we started right and where the guys they wouldn't even talk to you until you had a certain amount of time. But there's right. something to be said when the corporal invited you to a cup of coffee as a new guy and mm-hmm. you just sat there and he was talking. And he, he took his 15-minute coffee break and it looked like 45 minutes. And, sure. And he's the corporal and you just sat there and he's like, hey, we'll see you tomorrow. You realize you had made it. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. got invited to that? Yeah. Because you think they're just talking, but they're actually talking about wisdom stuff. Sure. Hey, remember that call over there? Yeah, it's crazy. All that person had to do was this and this and this. And I'm going... It's a master class on how to be a patrol officer <laughs> sure. that they should be putting in patrol procedures and not giving a guy who's on discipline an academy spot. But, yes. you know, the scary right. thing is, is in agencies around the country, too, we're hearing guys with, with 12, 24 months on FTOs. Oh, yeah. And right. you're going, That's a real thing. The yeah. baby, you know, now Montgomery PD, when I started this company 31 years ago, they had a real retention problem, probably worse than what we see today uh, out in the rest of the world, but it was because we had a nightmare of a mayor and a chief who didn't care. And the mayor's opening line to the new recruits every class was, um, if you don't like the things I'm saying to you, there are two roads out, 65 and 85, pick your road. <laughs> and literally, you kind of go, okay, maybe I need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, they had seniority in patrol for a while was literally one year on the job. And you're going, these are the babies right. teaching the babies. These well, guys don't even know what they don't know. Exactly. Yeah. And it's exactly. all the critical stuff. Like right. you believe that investigators are. No, investigators are all support staff. It's yeah. your patrol people. Like, I don't know a homicide detective that goes and generates his own cases. Right. Exactly. Well, let's so, hope not anyway. Right. That could, so the patrol that could guys, probably be a legal problem. <laughs> this 18-month, you know, we'll just call him, I'll call him kid, but it's 18-month kid, right? He He's on graveyard. He's dealing with that homicide. Mm-hmm. And to not have integrity, to, to just traipse on through. Because I told somebody I came out on the scene one time and everybody walked through the scene. They didn't put on booties because I was telling them, guys, because they were so excited. They're like, oh, yeah. the bag. They just ran through. Oh, yeah. Not realizing, hey, you know, contain it and slow it down, right? And let's right. make a decision. Yeah. So sure enough, came out. Yeah. And that's what it was like. It was like Keystone Cops. And then, you know, the investigation sergeant comes out and says, okay, well, I need all your boots. Right. And he took all their boots. And I'm like, you see, there's this great picture of these cops with no boots on. I'm like, that was dumb. And no motors me. went through there. Right. They, oh, would, no. they wouldn't mess up their boots. <laughs> they, they, so I'm not me, walking through that. Me and a canine guy who had our boots on were smiling because first thing we did is you guys run up and go, guys, stop. Because I, uh, I was a senior FTO. And I go, stop. And I carried booties with me. Mm-hmm. And I just put on some shoe covers real quick. Yep. And I, they're like, well, why are you stopping? What's I go, okay, if he's dead. 30 more seconds isn't going to stop exactly. it. If he's alive, 30 seconds isn't going to, you know, I mean, let's let's do what we need to do to protect the scene. Exactly. And it was really a funny thing. But you got these young officers. I don't know where, I do know where, with the one degree thing, right? So you have one degree off, teaching one degree off, teaching one degree mm-hmm. off, and pretty soon we are in a different ocean. Man. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the, the younger people that don't, they don't know what they don't know. Uh, yep. But then they're, they're making mouth policy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hey, well, let's do this. Yeah. Let's let's do it this way. You know, high speed, low drag, and you just go, sure. "Ooh, it's gonna hurt you more than me." Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I read these reports to the supervisor. And I go, "Hey, why'd you do that?" And I, they, I get, I don't know. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea. Yeah, I, I thought this would work sure. just fine. Yeah. So, I, I I think that's your culture, and then the way people write, like I, 
teaching in the colleges now that I do, it's unbelievable to me the level of illiteracy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like actual adults, they don't know how to. They don't know how to have a conversation. First of all, in right. person, right? Because they and they, they can't text write everything. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, in their on their phones, right? But even, they can't even text correctly. And then the reports are bringing in text speech, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I had an officer that said, you know, he's quoting somebody. It was the word "your" and it's "you are," right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And he's talking about how he deployed sure. his taser and he hit the guy on the backside, and over here, and he's like. I hit him in his big ass. <laughs> and I'm like, that's his submitted report. Yeah, but that Nuh-uh. might help you to identify the person because if they got a little sure. ass, it wouldn't I be the like, right person. <laughs> so I, oh, yeah. His big ass. No, no, that's the thing. And, you know, and you get, we get officers now. Technology's great until you start talking to texting your report and things right. come in that shouldn't come. Yeah. But so I had to tell him, like, hey, you, you actually can't say that. Here's why. Which, and, of course, I'm playing devil's advocate. What's your standard of big? Exactly. How do you define big? He's like, I don't know. It was just a big ass running from me. And I hit it. With my t- I'm like, stop talking. Stop talking. You know, and I go, rewrite all of this right now. I got a prong on both sides. Come on. He's like, can I use cheek? I'm like, look, come over here a second. Just look. Here's the map of the body, guy. You know? right. Derriere is not a word they right. understand. Can't use it. And we're not putting it to music I here. Oh. That's so funny. I hit him in his big ass. <laughs> it you was know, a report. I, luckily, I stopped it. Yeah. Imagine going to court, testifying. Uh, see, I think we need a live PD that's com- uh, that's a comedy. Oh yeah. You know, we did we did all these these movies and stuff back in the day, <laughs> and Super Troopers, and you know, all of that stuff, Police Academy. So well, there ought to be a real life version of those yeah. things. Because you don't have to make this up. Oh no, oh, exactly. exactly. This is happening every day. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, get a call for service the other day. Someone says, "Well, there's a goat leg in the road." Huh? Okay. And I said, like a. And I went over the air and I, I cleared. I said, so is that a goat leg? Like, who's calling this in that would know it's a goat leg? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Versus right. a dog. Or, yeah. Yeah. And they didn't stick around. I go, and I'm over the air, right? Were you supposed to be short and clipped? I said, doesn't this trouble anyone that we're responding? <laughs> I go, you know what? And I'm just, because it's early and I'm having a little fun leg. getting everybody sure. set up for the day. Right? right? I go, let's just shut down the street. Let's close the road. <laughs> Do an investigation. Because there Call was, right. you know, I felt like Mrs. Doubtfire. There's an unlawful goatine going on over here. I didn't know. And sure enough, it was a goat leg. I told The officer called me. He's like, yeah, boss, it's a goat leg. How did he know goat versus and I go, coyote? How do you know it's a goat yeah, leg? He exactly. goes, well, I don't know, but I just threw it away. I'm like, well, it sounds good to me. <laughs> Is anybody dead underneath it? <laughs> no? Well, then let's move on, man. That's Where's right. coffee? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, th- there's there's a movie here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I see it coming. Look at her face. It's just like, like, no, that happens. I know. I know. She usually is the one getting the calls. Yes. Yeah, we get them filtered trying before to, it gets Trying to, to decipher things to y'all. Oh. Yeah, you're going to make her miss her, her dispatch days. <laughs> That's why you have to, oh, these, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to kind of raise them. You know, as they go to camp, they go, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Don't, don't put that over the air. Let's yeah. just, just trust me. Like, I know Call Julie and dispatch. Yeah. So you, who, every other number, when you get like, look, hey, don't ever put that out again. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're to call this a roadway obstruction. Yeah, right. And then the boss doesn't have to know about it. I go, you know, some of the tenants, my tenant gets on the air and he, Oh, uh, is, is that was that a real goat leg? I'm like, hey, boss, I'll just call you. How about that? Yeah. You know, over lamb chops. That we're doing lamb today. That's Don't right. worry about it. That's it. Yeah, better call me. Okay. Well, and the sad part is, is everything goes 
they cut numbers on everything. Everything goes to IA. It doesn't. The sergeants and lieutenants don't seem to have any discretion anymore about what you call somebody in and just chew them out and educate right. them. Mm. Uh, it, it goes straight to, to an investigation, and you go, that's what's missing. Because when you do that and you cut out the sergeants and lieutenants who have the experience and know how to talk to these people and that kind of thing— um, then it they aren't responsible for anything. Sure. You miss a good training opportunity. Yes, yes. Teachable moments exactly. is what I used to call them with my kids. That's not a catchphrase. That, no. That's a real deal. It, that's it. Good. It's a real – and you know what? You have to have courage. Yeah. You have to have courage to do it. And I figure, you know, at a certain point when you hit your 20, because you can retire up to 20 now, these are, these young kids have to Ooh, go until they're like 40 or something. Yes. Right. Yeah. You know, 40, 100 years or whatever. Yeah, it's but, crazy. Um, but there is some sort of freedom you get by going, wait a minute, you're – you want to try to write me up for do not go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have these good, like my lieutenant's a good man and he backs me because he knows my experience. So if I say, Hey, I'm dealing with this. He mm-hmm. just looks at me, that kind of Lieutenant eye going, sure. okay. <laughs> and, he, and then there's like a quick entry, you know, help to educate the officer. And like, there's nothing, mm-hmm. I don't have to put the bad stuff in. Right. Because me spending time respecting someone enough to talk to him and get right in their face and say, you do this again. Me right. and you are going to go in that room and have a conversation. That means more to them than anything. Yeah. And they've come back and thanked you. Sure. Absolutely. Because they don't do it again. Right. right? And they've, they've learned the correct way of what to do versus what not to do. Because you can't teach everything in the academy. It's impossible. Right. And so yeah. a lot of this is on-the-job training, but we have forgotten that. And then when you have commanders disciplining lieutenants and sergeants because they didn't eye somebody for something mm-hmm. and chose instead to use it as a teachable moment— um, th- now we've taken, I don't even know why we have supervisors at any level. We just need commanders just <laughs> dictating and beating everybody. Um, because, again, you've taken all discretion away yeah. mm-hmm. from ser- sergeants and lieutenants because now they fear for their own job securities and stuff right. rather than being the ones that are taking care of the of the people, really your foundation. Right. Yeah, we had that conversation. Uh, I have the senior squad. I have three guys that are going to retire from my squad this coming year. Nice. So, you know, they're not bullied. The commander says right. something. We always ask, well, why is that? Hey, we need to reduce crime. Okay. And here's a strategy to do it. And all the guys are going, the past 20 years, that hasn't worked. Exactly. Right. We've the done four that for times, 20 years. The four times we've done it, in, and we've renamed it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right? Now it's a backward L. Now it's a DDAC. Now it's a deployment <laughs> zone. Now, right? You know what I'm talking about. That's right. That's what everybody said. They're like, oh, yes, I know. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't work. We go, we ask, well, why? Well, because I said so. That's it. There's and your key go, phrase. And I, and, and I go, yeah, I said it in brief, and I go, I soundly reject that. Mm-hmm. And they looked at me, I go, so, guys, here's what I need you to do, because when I say guys, I mean three guys, mm-hmm. because that's who is in briefing. <laughs> so that's right. the other issue, guys. Yeah. We have such little staffing. There were some vacations, some sure. injuries. I had one officer in briefing one day. I said, let's deploy our whole squad from my car. Let's <laughs> 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 have coffee. Right. And, but you know what? So you have a senior guy with 23 years on. He's the only guy there. We're moving people, obviously, to cover the districts, right? right? Sure. And, and he's there, and he's thinking – well, why am I going to bother doing these different things? Yeah, I'm. It's just like call volume after call volume. Like they're asking me to do so many things. Now the dispatch, they have this thing where they uh, they're they're going to queue us. I won't even give you the time limit. It'll it'll drive you insane. Uh, this call's been holding past the time limit. Yeah. You just go. Wait, you mean the call with the abandoned vehicle for a week? Exactly. <laughs> it's been holding past the time limit. Yeah. Where was that a week ago? But like that is they're they're saying auto dispatch that. Yeah. And I'm and I go over there. And go yeah no. Exactly. Uh, okay. That's stupid. And all the dispatchers, 
they'll send me texts. Thank you so much. We're being told by command staff that we got to get our response times down. I go, well, yep. who's complaining about this? Right. Who makes the cars not the the abandoned car <clears throat> doesn't care. No, and because the eleven percent in our city of response from the citizens on the recent survey, that should not be your uh, your pool that you're going to generate policy from. Right. Just because people don't tell you doesn't mean well. If this is who responds, this is my sample. This is how I'm going to create policy. I feel like that is an immature response yeah. mm-hmm. because it takes it's it's all making about you. Mm-hmm. Well, I can make these eleven percent happy. My numbers are great. Right. And I'm and I don't have again, I'm not a commander. I don't have that perspective, but I've worked around a lot of them. I came up with all of them, you know, and you just wonder, why would you do this versus this? Or why would you not take into account? Like my guys want to start a senior officer cohort, kind Mm -hmm. of like advisory. Mm -hmm. One of the guys went to the chief who he went to the academy with and chief was all about it. So we'll see if he has enough courage, though, to do it. The chief, <laughs> because you're going to hear things like, this doesn't make sense. Right. We're not going to rename this and do it again. This is stupid. Right. Why do that? And sure. people are getting hurt. Yep. Yep. And it always, for me, starts and ends with officer safety. Absolutely. Get our officers home, healthy and thriving, so that they can retire and go, you know what? I feel good about what I did for yeah. 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. Sure. Versus guys I know that are ashamed. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen. You're oh. and You've seen it. Right. Yeah. What um, what are y'all doing for mental wellness? Because, you know, we hear a whole lot about mental wellness and the importance, but we ain't seen it. A lot it. of talk. Yeah, it's a whole lot of talk. Yeah, so. Boxes checked. <laughs> I, when I went back in, I was, uh, I was a, a peer support counselor, a CISM guy. Mm-hmm. Back in 05, I started doing that because I recognized we have to be talking about these things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do my career. I get back after investigations, which doesn't afford me the time. And they just don't have me on the rotation for that. So I'm back in. I'm doing this stuff. And I'm right away. I said, hey, wh- what's our peer support thing? What's our meeting? And the gal we had doing at the time, sharp, mm-hmm. very sharp. She was gathering funding, had a separate room. Um, she starts a process that we have an employee. Uh, I'm not sure. It's not health and safety, but it's employee assistance. Uh, it's under, EAU, it's just un- like Phoenix It's has. under EAU, yeah. but yeah. it's not. You know what I mean? But he did something that I thought was pretty cool. Like we have, we're taking advantage of uh, the Vitania stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And going through that. And it's it's so funny because you put that first. It got thrown out by commanders because they were very excited about it mm-hmm. without a context. So you have a bunch of senior guys going. Uh, this is a bunch mm-hmm. of BS. Well, great. I, I know what's going to happen in that room on graveyards <laughs> exactly. with the couches. Great. Yeah. You know, that's the first thing they do. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I'm, I'm almost finished with my six-month deal and mm-hmm. I love it. So that that's helpful. We we sure. do have the problem is as you guys know is that people that are qualified to do it like CISM or peer support they don't want to be in the fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here's a bigger problem. And this is where departments get mad at me, but you know, if y'all don't want to know what what the real truth of it is of 31 years of doing it, every bit of that is reactive. Right. Every bit of it. Mm-hmm. We have a complete proactive upfront resili- true resiliency preventative but nobody wants that. But everything you're talking about, Vitan, and I'm doing Vitania also. They are letting me do it for chemo brain. Um, and it is outstanding. And I, we preach it. We let them right. come in our trainings. Sure. And But every bit of this is reactive. Mm. That's not mental wellness. No, it's and it's not. And so I would say to you, so as the opener to that, that's mm-hmm. what we have right now. Mm-hmm. And people that can do, we only have one person even assigned to it. It's kind of. Well, it's, it's the unspoken group that we have to have, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Although, and this is what really gets me about the mental wellness and stuff, is that when you start looking at 20-plus-year officers, it used to be when they would retire or get to 20, we would shake their hand. <laughs> I'd go over and go, 
man, I can't believe you made it 20 years or 25. Yeah. Are you insane? Yeah. Now I got command staff saying, well, how come you can't stay? How come you can't extend your drop? And they're guilting them, 28-year officers, you're guilting to stay. Going, They're looking at you going, you're out of your mind. It's been almost three decades. That's sure. right. And I got all the scars to prove it. And the ones you can't see are the ones I'm going to take with me. Yeah. Right. Absolutely, right. and that and that is the whole problem. Uh, we've got we've got somebody that's even a stress coach for us that literally twenty five years, and the way he got his shadow box was they left it in records for him to come pick Get it up. Get out of here! Yeah, yeah. What during a commander's meeting upstairs where they could have just had him, or they could come downstairs yeah. if that lazy, but. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh no. yeah. It's no, you know what? It's not unbelievable. No, it's, it's just, happening. Again, it's just sad. I won't ever accept that as being okay. And yeah. then we're all sitting around wondering why people are suicidal and families sure. are falling apart and kids don't like their cop mom or dad. And right. and again, we 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 get shut down when we even try to give this training away. <laughs> and I, so I call BS on all the talk of the mental wellness. <laughs> yeah. So I had a buddy Pure of mine. BS. He's a uh, Chris Chandler Yates, he ends up doing a bunch of stuff. He does a lot of uh, coaching, knocking demon coaching stuff, but he does resiliency training. And he has a he's a burnout guy. He was a New Zealand cop. Right. I don't know if you ever saw. Yeah, stuff. we I'm had like, him on the oh, podcast. Oh yeah, we had him on the podcast. Oh yeah. So so Chris is a good buddy of mine, and I was on his podcast. We were talking about it. I got him in my agency mm-hmm. for a free training. Right. Yep. And and he and he's he's good at what he does. Mm-hmm. And we should want. And I was promoting it for everyone and doing it. And it was free. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we can only let one guy go because of staffing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went, but you have your, your AOT stuff, your officer training, that you're going to find ways to make do. Exactly. And you're going to pay for overtime. Report writing again and so again. So I'm going to learn how to do whatever. Mm-hmm. But the training that will help people that we're trying to get in front of, you're telling me that we can't pay for. Right. And I told me, and I said, I told my guys, you, you have a ton of vacation. Take it. You can go. Mm-hmm. Three of them did. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. And that's that's the part where people have got to start to stand up and call out these departments at the top and say, you're, you're, you're not doing anything but giving it lip service. And sadly, it takes suicides in law enforcement mm. for um, them to even talk about it, but then they still don't do anything about it. And it's just it's just sad. And that's something that has to change because we can do all this other stuff. But when the brain isn't uh, operating at 100% and physiologically they're not operating at 100%, things are going to be bad at home. And they're going to leave this industry and they're not going to do anything to help build new people coming into it because they're going to leave bitter and angry Mm -hmm. and resentful and wonder what in the world have they wasted the last 20 plus years of their life on. Yeah, and you you can't you, you can't build a life out. And we always talk about even now. I'm thinking, okay, so I could retire, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stay because at some point I have to get a job. I'm not you know, I'm not old enough to not work, so I have to do something. <laughs> but I'm going to do this. I'm good at this. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna keep doing this until you know the Lord sure. tells me I can't do this, or sure. my body says, right. okay, well you're not. But when I retire, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done. Mm-hmm. I'll be done with law enforcement. But it doesn't mean I'll be done doing life, right? My so right. how what am I doing? How am I doing it? How am I getting other people? I'm real open. These guys know. They come to my office now, mm-hmm. and they're not asking me a question about a weekend off. They can at least get their heart in their sleeve, like kind of the stuff I was talking about even in 16. Sure. Let's let's be men and women of valor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's be men and women that recognize what that word means. Like, you wear this badge. 
three of my friends are dead. Yep. One of them I got hired and then had to investigate his murder. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I take particular interest in being a police officer because, I mean, Plato said it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the cobblers and the masons, they fail to do their job. Nothing happens. But the guardians fail. Our democracy crumbles. Yeah. Absolutely. And do we even have those conversations? People say, people don't talk like you anymore. Well, put me in front of academy classes, and that's what you're going to hear in criminal law. Sure. That's what you hear. I'm teaching arson. Yeah. You're yep. going to hear it. And Travis and I, we had this conversation, too, about going out and just telling people truth. And you have chiefs in the room that go, yeah, I totally agree. And then he puts them on the spot. Okay, so tomorrow, what are you doing at your agency to make this happen in front of all those people? Sure, sure. Yeah. And if that's what you have to do, I guess that's what you have to do. But. Well, it's funny because uh, there was a group up north that I was teaching a few years back, and there was a chief in there. And I asked the question about uh, suicide prevention training. Mm-hmm. And almost every hand went up. They'd all been to it. I said, oh, room full of subject matter experts. So what did you learn to prevent suicide? And literally silence and i looked at the chief and i said you attend that training and he goes yeah and i said did you learn anything and he just kind of looked at me and i said all right let me ask you this was it a suicide awareness training he goes yeah yeah that's what and everybody every and i said why did y'all allow it to be called prevention awareness and prevention are not the same Mm -hmm. and then what it ultimately came down to was it was intervention here's what you do when someone is suicidal Mm -hmm. and i go why aren't you doing something to keep them from being suicidal exactly which is what we teach. And I told the chief afterwards, I said, you know, the part that bothers me is if if I came in here and said my training is on something to do with firearms, and for eight hours I talked to you about everything except firearms, y'all would all walk out of this room probably within about an hour Mm -hmm. and go, this woman has lost her mind, and you'd tell everybody how horrible it was. Mm -hmm. But when you go to something like that, you don't even recognize that you're not getting what you thought you were going to get. And, yeah. you, and you check the box, and then when a true suicide prevention comes in, oh, we've already had that. No, you hadn't. And that's that's part of the problem. Yeah, they don't know what they don't know. And so Absolutely. if it looks good for funding and it looks good for CALEA accreditation, mm-hmm. we'll put that down. Exactly. Yes. yes. We'll check that box. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want, to, I want to go back to something that you said that, Took me kind of by surprise. You said that, <laughs> which is probably rare for you. Right? So let's capitalize That's on this. Right. Get an applause on that one. Yeah. So you said you you mentioned that you had to investigate one of your friend's murders. Yeah, I remember yeah, this. That, yeah, that was hard. Yeah. So was he an officer or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So so okay. My whole shtick is that people matter more than things. Right. Mm-hmm. People matter more than the tasks that we ask of them. Mm-hmm. Is like my catchphrase for people. So I was getting my hair cut, and the gal cutting my hair said, hey, my husband's getting the runaround by Phoenix. And I don't work for Phoenix, so I could talk about him. That's yeah. right. So can you, can you help him? They're having to do the – I go, this is dumb. Let, let me introduce him to some people. At the time, I was our union president, so I had connections with everybody. Right. And I just started introducing him to the chief, the personal, like the right people to know. A couple good people, a couple people. I go, okay, so talk to this guy about why he's a cop. Like I did that whole thing for a week. Bought a bunch of coffee, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Sure. And sure enough, he gets recruited and hired by our agency. And then about 18 months into it, he gets shot and killed in line of duty. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was a homicide detective. Oh. And I had been literally, I worked all day. I was just, I mean, I was teaching a Bible study at my house to a bunch of cops. And I get a call and I see it's my boss. And, you know, it's so funny. <laughs> as an aside, from, the, from like 6 to 8 at night, 
is the witching hour for detectives. <laughs> because if you can, I feel like if you make it past eight, eight yeah. as a homicide detective, <laughs> you're probably okay unless it's going to be something crazy and you're like, I'm going to go anyway, right? Right. Yeah. But I see it as eight o'clock and I see it as my boss and the guys look at me and they look around and they go, we got to go. <laughs> and he just calls me and said, hey, this guy's been killed. You need, I need you. And I, we worked for 42 straight hours. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was in 2000. Well, yeah. That was in 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was right after... Yeah. Oh no! I was thinking it was a different one. Oh no! Because I had not gotten here till twelve, but I was yeah, thinking that was it was. One. Yeah. Were you in homicide? No, I was okay. supervisor. I got promoted after that, but so that was super difficult because there I am, right? Right. With the family, and I'm I'm trying to explain to my young kids, and my wife, like this is why I'm not coming home for two days. Mm-hmm. To yeah. eventually, where my buddy who was uh, on the team with me, he calls my wife because we all knew each other, you know. Right. And he's like, "Hey, you need to pick." Jeff up because he's asleep at his desk and he's not waking up. Like there's no chance he can drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm handing business cards out to people that we finally did all the witness stuff. And I mean, it was a, a two and a half mile scene as well that we had to walk. Wow. And we were, you know, roll, you know, the whole deal, oh, roll yeah. tape in it and, you know, trying to figure it out. But I'm giving business cards I, and someone gave it back to me. I have it somewhere. It's the, the DR number, the report number, and it goes off. It says FQP. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> and it's just like, just trails off. I don't know. I was, I, I was, you're like, out of it. Yeah. If, you, if you if you were day drinking, you still make more sense than I was making. <laughs> the guy they wouldn't let me drive my car. Yeah. But those, are the, yeah, that's that's kind of stuff yeah. that hits you, and you go, man, that was really hard. Yeah, that was, and that you know, to I was, I stopped drinking in 2017, and a lot of this stuff that uh, holding a young man that I had worked on, 17 year old, got center punched. Mm-hmm. That I was first, I was driving by. It's like the three times in your career you drive by and a crime happens. Right. right? And I try to save him, and he literally dies in my arms, mm-hmm. you know, where that's happened a ton of times. But for this 17-year-old to grab my hand, and the only thing he could say was help. Yep. And he dies in my arms, right? I couldn't, like, and then being in homicide then before that, like, all the things you guys know, it just it became hard to see real life and not be hypervigilant and right. all the things we talked sure. about. But that I was drinking a lot. Sure. And I remember my kid uh, on my birthday – I would made like a fireball apple juice, like a 17 gallon cup of it. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be that kind of night. And uh, he had those I, things on his head with you the, know, like you little know. sippy. But yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't going out. I, my wife, right. I, I wouldn't go out, to, but I would, and my, my son, he was uh, young, like 11 or something. He says, Hey, is that bad for you? <laughs> and I, and I don't, my wife and I had purpose to try, like, not to overtly lie to our kids, but, right. you know, like other things you're going to kind of shade the truth until they're ready. Sure. Right. But I said, well, yeah. And he looked at me and he goes, why do you do it? And he mm-hmm. shook his head. And I remember looking at my wife who turned. She's mm-hmm. on the couch and she had tears in her eyes. Because yeah. she was just, with, you know, and I said, this is how much this means to me. And I dumped it out and I went and found, I went and got all the stuff I'd hidden around the house. Uh-huh. In the garage, in my safe, next to my rifle that my wife's like, I'm not <laughs> looking at. I'm like, let's put the fireball there because she's never finding it. I, I, I dumped it all out and then nice. had to find a bunch of lemons to go ahead and clear the garbage disposal. But I haven't had a drop since because Good. I wanted my yeah. I wanted to be a better version of me for my family. And, and I realized I still have pain the next day from these sure. things, man. And the alcohol didn't do anything for it, but just messed me up physically. It delayed, right. And it delayed, though. Yeah. It did. But yeah. those so are the I, things I that we... Get into, I had to get some help, though. Right. Yeah. And I got some help. And yeah. But those are the things that... We don't talk about in the academy to these new guys. Yeah. That's right. You know, to say, hey, this is how you investigate or this is how this crime works or you need these to prosecute this crime. But we don't say, now that you've seen this, what do you do and how do you process that? 
Right. Well, we try. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we try it under the shield. But but it's not something that is talked about when it should be. Yeah. I agree. You know? Yeah, we have Mark Valenzuela even come in. Oh, and, I like him. And he also sold me my vest. Uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, he comes in and talks about the aftermath of his shooting. Right. And, yeah, he shows the, the video and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But he talks about all the crazy things he was doing. And, sure. uh, and you know, he laughs and he says, yeah, when I met Susan, she told me I was going to stand in front of my peers and talk about being broken. <laughs> and he goes, I thought she was nuts as he's standing in front of his t- peers talking about being broken. Right. But those are the things that make the great impact. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that we get texts and emails about right. that say, man, that saved my marriage. That saved my job. That I, saved I my life. That. And I'm, I'm, if you guys ever want someone to speak, I'm dynamic in that way that I would love to do that. I'm speaking uh, with uh, the Chaplain's Conference in Indiana in October on this topic, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, some good people, too. So, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's something we need to be aware of. And we right. need to walk into with eyes wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we talk about it, but you talk about it from this, like the senior salty dude point of view. They right. go, oh, well, you just whatever. And I'm super cop because I'm in my 20s mm-hmm. and I can break my arm into heels in front of <laughs> me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know. Well, and that's why Mark is so impactful because he's a combat Marine also. There's mm-hmm. there, you know, and he's just a down to earth kind of guy. And it it does have a huge impact, but we, we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And that's. That's the sad part to me because I think we're setting people up for failure, and you got to have the families in there also mm-hmm. hearing it. Right. Where academies are still teaching keep personal and professional separate, and it's disastrous. Yeah. Right. Well, it's just like when you were drinking a lot, your family noticed it. I mean, your 11 oh, yeah. year old kid noticed it. Yeah. And thought there was a problem, but right. didn't know what to do about it. Your wife, when you look at her and she's crying, she saw it She's for a long time, yep. but she didn't know what to do with it right. or how to. How do I get you help? You know, because if I get how do you even talk to him? Exactly. Because she was, I was, I mean, the type A guy, right? right. Like, I'm gonna sure. that door. I'm first. Sure. That yeah. kind of thing with everything in my life. Sure. And well, so, and if I call somebody, it could cost him his job. Right. And that's that's the hard part, and that's the part where we disagree about the peer support being in house, and I know the law. But you need mm. to read the law because mm. the law really doesn't protect anybody. Right. Right. But it's it, and that again. See, to me, this y'all could have probably one of the strongest peer support teams in the country if they would do it valley wide. Let east go west and west go east, and everybody east and west go to Phoenix because you'd be busy around the clock. Sure. And plus, people are getting used more that want to do this stuff. But it is 100% confidential because it's anonymous because ain't nobody working with anybody else. Yeah, and that's a big issue. Exactly. Huge. Yeah. And not how big your agency is. Everybody knows. And I've yeah. been screaming it since I moved out here and just peer support teams have, have shut me down. I go, okay, whatever. Right. And it's just really sad because they have things in place that could be helpful, but because they're too proud to hear it, it has to be in-house. And you go, then you might as well not have it. Right. And that's the sad part. Yeah. You know, like I, I was one of the founding members for our peer support at Tempe um, back in the day. And, you know, we Tempe's not a small department, but it's not a big department by sure. some of the standards, you know. But for the Valley-wise, it's, it's a pretty decent size, you know. Um, but our peer support wasn't utilized like it should have been because people were afraid to talk. Because if I go talk to you... Or who are you going to tell on the team that's going to tell somebody else? And now right. everybody else in the department knows about what the hell I'm going through. Yeah, that happens one time. You might as well just pack it up. Right. And that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. Even the perception of it. Yeah, where if we were coming at it from different agencies, 
I think that it would be more open to be used, utilized more. Or you like know? even with like dispatch, and by the way, I figured out how to fix this. Yes, I'll talk do. to you about it later. Okay. Um, if it's like even in dispatch or whatever, it, if it's a peer you work with, if it's someone that you're like, I know what kind of dispatcher <laughs> you are. Right. So I'm not going to tell you shit yep. because, uh, first of all, you like because – I know you have a big mouth. Or yes, exactly. Right. Or you're like, you can't even keep your officer safe or you're sitting here holding stuff when, you know, or whatever the case is. Yeah. And and also it's like an image thing. Like, I don't I'm a helper. I'm right. a first responder. I'm I don't need help. Right. That's and, it. and like coming in as a brand new dispatcher, like going through training and, and academies the same way for for officers. Hell, I was crying. I was like, it's so much. But you don't want to Your like peers to know. once once you've been doing it for years. Once you've had those horrible things, everyone else around me seems fine. Mm-hmm. Sure. No one's talking about it. No yeah. one is. You don't see them going and crying in their car for lunch or you know or what happens yeah. when they get home. No sure. one talks about it. So everyone else is fine. Something's wrong with me. Right. But I'm not going to admit it to anyone because I don't want to be the weak link because everyone else is. You don't even want to admit it to yourself. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you would have talked to a dispatcher from another agent. Exactly. Yeah. Because you don't know if, um, you know. That's it's, the whole key. Yep. And so, it's just, so two things about that, right? So about your situation, with mm-hmm. that, if you if you can isolate what the issue is right away mm-hmm. and you to what Susan was saying, if you have somebody that's available – yeah, you should definitely use them, right? But mm-hmm. the minute you do and it's not confidential, and that's the second point. Yes. You lose confidence. Um, conversely, though, the minute someone trusts you mm-hmm. and they tell you something mm-hmm. and you don't run your mouth about it, yep. right? then, you, I mean, you have built mm-hmm. a huge platform. Oh, yeah. And Absolutely. So I, and that has been what I, a mainstay of something I've really worked hard for is that's why I make a big show of taking my phones out because I'm transitioning to like, okay, this whatever said is in the mm-hmm. vault. And it's funny because this is, I don't know, like my 21st year in city agency, like I said, I'll come on 25. And yet people come to me, not on my squad all the time. Right. Sure. Though my own squad guys, we talk about, we're open. They're all the senior guys are like, yeah, this sucks. My marriage. But it's important that you have people that you can identify. And then if you identify them and all the guys know, yep, then you should take those people and go, hey, here's what I want you to do. Because yep. you have some credibility and respect yeah. and trust. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, for the for the dispatcher thing, I make all my guys every time there's a critical incident, I make them call back in. Good. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, you need to call because Cheryl up there just dispatched a child drowning and then is on the next one. She doesn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And we need to call her. And so my guys are Absolutely. learning. They're like, wow, that's actually really good. And when they call, they're telling me, hey, boss, the, the dispatcher, you know, unplugged. Yep. called yeah. me <laughs> and was in tears saying, thank you so much. Yeah. We just don't have any closure. Right. You don't have closure. And yeah. it's it's like I've said that many times is the officers that work something like that, like someone just killed their own kid or whatever mm. the case is, the officer working that can go write a report. He can go back to the station. He can go to a church parking lot. He can go wherever he can call his family. Dispatchers can't do that. Right. You, on the next one. Right. It's like you literally are just trying to, like, I've dispatched before horrible calls with a trash can between my legs because I thought I was going to throw up. Because, like, it's you horrible. sit there and you know and you just, all the all the adrenaline, but you're sitting there and then 
while you're dispatching, because we're sh super short too, you're also dealing with someone that's ticked off because uh, this abandoned car has been parked in front of their right. house for five right. days. Right. And if you don't fix it, they're going to call the mayor. Yeah. And Or the lazy cop calls you, hey, can you run this person for me because I don't want to go to my car. Right. Yes. Yes, because if you, you, things to do yeah, at the same time. you don't have enough dispatchers, so yep. you're running info as well, and they're expecting, oh, can you tell me the name of this hospital that's downtown in Phoenix? <laughs> right. Or oh, it's sorry. raining in my front yard, not in the backyard. Is there something yes. going on? Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. No, it's just Arizona. There's yeah. a it, goat leg. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and you're you, lucky. And, yeah. you, and you don't have It's like reading a suspense novel, and the last five chapters have been ripped right. out. Yep. Yeah. And it's every single day, like within, like, it's just, yeah, I could talk about that forever, yeah, too. That's but that's, that's to what it is, is no one, yeah. and yep. no one understands that dispatchers are the first first responders. Absolutely. Like, we will hear, we, I've been on calls, I hear people get shot. I'm like, well, that was a gunshot. And, and we have people escalate. We have people with ropes around their necks standing on a stool in their bedroom. And by the time the two minutes or minute or whatever, an officer's there, we've had them talked down and they're sitting on the foot of their bed or yep. they're, or they've put a, the knife down. They've put the gun down. You've de-escalated right. it yep. for when officers get there, where I've, I've known dispatchers that. Fire people up. Es yeah, oh, <laughs> right. yes. But, and it's a huge difference because it's like, I'm, I'm the first part of this team. Yep. When my yeah. guys, when my guys get there, mm -hmm. you're going to be calmer. Yep. And you're going to be because those go, those are I may want to wring their necks myself, <laughs> but but God help anyone else that talks bad or, right. or, or threatens to hurt yeah. them because yeah. they're they're my guys. That's yeah. it. And I expect like when my husband's out there, mm -hmm. God help those dispatchers if they're not taking care of him. Like I sure. take care of everyone else's husbands. Right. And sorry, this is a shit call. So I'm going to call the sergeant and say, hey, I just need you to say it's okay to close this out because this is some BS right, right here. <laughs> that, that's at least half of my day, by the way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, why I work, yep. work with my dispatchers all the time. I mm -hmm. love them. And I, I, we need to preach that stuff too. I yeah. think, you know, because I'm, again, teaching another evolution of criminal law. Mm -hmm. And I bring some of this stuff up. But I'll be bringing the dispatch stuff up now again mm -hmm. too. Sure. Because you, you can't to. start early. You can't right. start too early. Mm -mm. All right. Well, right. I know back, at least in Alabama, you, before you could even be an officer on the road, you had to work dispatch oh, for that's, a that's week crazy. or two yeah. because you d and the dispatchers are required to get out and do ride-alongs mm -hmm. to understand each other's right. jobs. Yep. And I think that's really important that that happens because it's easy to think that the dispatchers are sitting around watching TV, sipping coffee. Eating right. bonbons. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. so many of the calls they handle and it never makes it out to right. patrol. Correct. So they assume no calls coming out here to us. So there's no calls coming into them. And it's just not true. Right. But again, and we need to do a whole podcast on dispatchers and the issues because we really haven't done that. We need to get some dispatchers in oh, here I'm sure and talk could, about it. And you put that out about 14 seconds later. Oh, we've got, <laughs> we, we have tons. Yeah. yeah. We, and we have some that are stress coaches because right. they yeah. need to, to dispatchers need dispatchers who are stress coaches. Correct. So yeah. Well, Jeff, we could we could have you on here for uh, almost like Travis a month at a time. Right. But, um, yeah. And we will get you back in here again when we can get you to venture all the way across. <laughs> yeah. No, the the whole, I got to cancel the hotel reservation <laughs> done a little early. So that's so cool. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you got to rent a party bus for the weekend or something. But um, but we appreciate you coming in and uh, imparting a lot of wisdom and things that are going on in the West Valley that are also happening in the East Valley mm -hmm. and all over this country. Uh, Tom, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, um, I just want to make everyone aware again that 
we are available 24-7 for you. So if you're struggling from the effects of this job, uh, which we all know that happens, it's not usually if it's going to, it's more as when is it going to affect us. Yep. Um, and you probably are already being affected by it. You're just not admitting it to yourself. But again, we are here for you 24-7. You can call our hotline at 855-889-2348. If you hit extension one, we do not have your phone number. The number that you dialed shows up on our phone. Mm -hmm. um, so if we get disconnected, you have to call us back. Um, if you hit extension one, just hang on. Uh, it's going to roll to the first available stress coach. So it may take a few rings before you actually get a live person, but you will get somebody to answer the phone. Yep. Um, you can, if you want, to reach Susan directly if you hit extension two. But I'd rather you call my cell phone, please, because I'm terrible with all these electronic things. And my cell number is 334-324-3570. And I tell everybody, please text during the daytime, call at night. And you can reach me at extension four on that hotline, or you can call me on my cell phone number at 480-861-6574. If you call me direct and I don't answer, just leave a message. I don't care what name you give, just give me a number to call back and I'll call back as soon as I can. And everything is 100% anonymous. You know, I laugh and tell people, give me your chief or your sheriff's name. Give me, you can give me my ex-husband's name, whatever <laughs> you want to do, because uh, it's not about what your name is it's about that you need exactly. help and your right. and that you get somebody and that's what this is about and i really appreciate you guys having us uh, having a, the people coming in to talk about stuff like this and having me on so it was a nice time it's important it's a fun time a lot of applause buttons yes. going <laughs> we're having a great time so I, I appreciate the conversation and families uh you can reach out to us also um even if you're first responder or military loved one doesn't want you to you can reach out to us Sometimes we have little tricks and things. They say I have Jedi mind, play Jedi mind tricks. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. That and the red man stay. Yeah, that too, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but you can reach out to us also because you're very much affected by this lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's the key here. I agree. As we uh, close things up here at the Chris Ferrara podcast studio, something I don't think we say that enough and I never want people to forget um, that this is his studio in his honor because he was a co-host here before he was murdered in the line of duty in uh, end of April 2021. 20, uh, um, and, it, you know, he was a big part of a lot of the things that we talk about even, right. for sure. So, uh, again, Jeff, thank you very much. And we want to thank everybody out there in the first responder family and military. Thank them for their sacrifices because they're huge and get bigger and bigger especially for the families and that's just a group that is very much over overlooked and right. underserved mm -hmm. but we appreciate you so god bless you god bless your families in this great nation that we live in and hope you'll come back and visit us again at fight in progress